thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Exception with your host, Rachel Favilla. Hello, lovely ones, and welcome to The Healthy Exception, the podcast for teenagers choosing to be the healthy exception to the unhealthy rule. I'm your host, Rachel Favilla, and thank you so much for trusting me with your time and your ears today and for tuning in. And today on the show, I'm going to talk to you all about the beautiful world and the very exciting world of nutritional and dietetic medicine. Um, It's the degree I'm studying at the moment. I'm in my third year um, of a three-year Bachelor of Health Science degree majoring in nutritional and dietetic medicine. Um, And then next year, in my fourth and final year, I'll do clinical placement. So I'll do a full year of working in the student clinic, um, seeing patients and running, helping run the clinic um, so that, yeah, I can get some experience in actually treating people and their symptoms and conditions um, with nutritional we you know with nutrition and maybe nutraceutical supplements when necessary, but hopefully mainly with food and um, lifestyle techniques. So I wanted to do this episode this week um, because last fortnight I talked with my beautiful friend Jules Galloway, um, who's a naturopath from Byron Bay. It was her second time on the show, and I got her on again to talk about um, what naturopaths do. Um, and we had a great discussion. You know, she really broke it down and talked about all the different things that she can treat and what her, the main therapies she uses are. And then we got into some other little side discussions as well, you know, talking about how we have an abundance of um, health and nutrition information available to us now, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and in books and on the television and in magazines. Like it's, you know, it's you could almost, um, you know, become very well educated without necessarily going to university, um, which I think is fantastic because, you know, not everyone should have to go and study nutrition just to be able to feed themselves. They should have access to really good information. Uh, but we did say the problem is, is that there's a lot of conflicting views out there. And who do you believe? Who do you trust? Um And if you have a whole lot of symptoms, it's very easy to diagnose yourself online with the worst case scenario um, and freak yourself out and take on a really extreme protocol that you read about online that you don't actually need to. Or on the flip side, it's easy to start to get a bit obsessive and then pull back and go, oh, I'm probably just being silly and actually not looking to something that's quite serious. So we sort of talked about how it's always best if you're not sure and to always see someone like a nutritionist, like a naturopath, like an integrative GP or a Chinese medicine doctor, just because they've got the clinical experience to sort of take your case history and look at you as an individual and give you individualized advice that's specifically for you rather than generalized advice that you've got online. So we talked about that um, and it was a really great discussion. So if you haven't listened to that one and um, yeah, so I, if you haven't listened to that one, finish listening to this one and I really recommend downloading that one and listening to that because Jules is just really amazing at speaking and it was a fun episode you know, we, we get on really well and we bounce off each other. So it was just lighthearted. I'm sure it'll put you in a good mood anyways. Um, yeah, but back to nutrition. So I'd love to talk about how I first got into nutrition. Um, it's interesting. I was initially wanting to get into pediatric nursing. So when I was 15, I was dead set that I was going to be a pediatric nurse. Um, I'd already enrolled at my high school to do a allied health um 
TAFE course that I could do as a subject and that was going to help me get into nursing when I left school um, because I'd spent a lot of time in hospital for my autoimmune disease and I knew all too well that um, the nurse that was on duty for that, you know, the time period of their shift um, and the one that was, you know, so what happens in a hospital is, you know, there'll be a ward and there'll be so many nurses on for the one shift and they'll be allocated X and number of patients on that ward. And so whatever nurse is assigned to you, you know, they're the ones that are going to come and do your observations. They'll get you your meals. If you, you know, if you can't walk and you need to be in a wheelchair, they're the ones that wheel you to the loo. They might just come and chat to you if, you know, you're a bit lonely and you don't feel like watching TV and they're not busy, you know. So the nurse that you have, you know, for that period of time really makes a difference between you having a love, you know, well, you know, as lovely as you can while you're in hospital and feeling pretty sick um, or in pain, um, but, um, they make a difference to whether you have a good eight hours or a pretty, you know, depressing, vulnerable, um, scary, un- uncomfortable um, eight hours. And I had beautiful nurses that lit me up and made me feel so much better about myself. And I had nurses that Quite, quite frankly, made me want to cry. So I really wanted to be that the, one of the nice, caring, loving nurses um, and give children, you know, that are really vulnerable and in pain and suffering from something. I wanted to give them that love and that support and make, you know, their time in hospital that bit nicer. That was what, what I really wanted to do and I was so excited to do it and so passionate. Um, but then it was the summer holidays and I was watching The Circle, which was a morning television show. that's not on anymore, but it used to be. And there was this nutritionist on there called Lola Berry. And she was doing, I remember it really vividly, she was doing foodie facials with um, with the TV hosts. So they were mashing up avocado and berries and honey and whacking it on their face and joking about how, you know, you can use it as a face mask and then whack it on toast. And I just remember this beautiful frocked up blonde with glowing skin and she was so excited and so animated and she was talking about you know the fats and avocado and how they're so good for you and don't be scared of the fats and avocado and berries are so bursting full of antioxidants don't be scared of the natural sugars in them your body thrives off them they're not the same as refined sugars and you know honey is a beautiful healing food it's been used in traditionally for so many purposes for so long and she was just so full of life and it flashed up on the screen Lola Berry nutritionist and I um at this stage had started you know playing around with nutrition for myself like I said because I had been so sick and my medication wasn't working and I had noticed that when I was ate a bit more intuitively so I sort of identified which foods made me feel sick because I had a digestive disease so I felt sick most of the time but I noticed there was some foods I ate that didn't make me feel sick so I'd really gotten into you know I wasn't really researching so much I wasn't really reading books on the topic or anything like that but I just started notice doing things very intuitively and going these foods seem to make me feel better these foods settle my tummy more than these ones these ones seem to aggravate things and and I was seeing that and I was becoming quite passionate about food and nutrition and cooking from scratch and all of that. And I saw Lola and in all her glory and I was like, I want to, I, I want what she's got. I, I want to do this as a career. I want to be on TV getting people excited about real food because it is exciting. It makes a difference. It can improve your, you know, from my experience, it can improve your liver function. Even when you've been told you might need a liver transplant, all of a sudden you change your diet and 
your liver markers get better and it starts to heal. Like this is exciting stuff. So from that day forward, um, my nursing dream sort of went out the door. I still did that allied health course um, with through school because I thought it was still very relevant um, to what I was going to do anyway. But yeah, from that day forward, I was like, now I'm going to be a nutritionist. That's it. That's what I'm doing. Um, and it's just from there grown and blossomed and I've never really looked back. I've just fallen more in love with food and nutrition and cooking every day. And I am always in front of the mirror pretending that I've got an audience and I'm lecturing about, you know, bone broth or coconut yogurt or beautiful nuts or, you know, pretending that I've got some audience and I'm talking to them about the medicinal properties of food. And I just, I can't wait to you know, graduate and be able to go to schools and talk to kids about it and teenagers and, you know, maybe one day be asked onto television shows or radio shows to talk about it, you know, be the resident expert. That just, I think it would be so much fun and I love it so much. So that's sort of how I got into nutrition and decided that, yeah, as soon as I graduate, that's what I'm going into. Um, Let's talk about what a nutritionist does. So obviously nutritionists can be on TV talking about nutrition. They can write books on nutrition. They can do web series on nutrition. But usually um, the most common thing a nutritionist does is they're in practice, just like a naturopath or a GP or a Chinese medicine doctor is, you know, they've got a they've got their rooms, they've got their desks, they've got, you know, their examination bed, all of that. Um, and they see clients and people come to them with a whole range of symptoms. So some really common ones that nutritionists would see um, would be like things gut related, so constipation, diarrhea, anything to do with the bowel, um, bloating, gas, anything sort of like tummy related there, um, allergies and intolerances. Um, particularly food allergies and intolerances, but also things like hay fever and whatnot, um, immunity. And we've all heard about, you know, when you're sick, you know, having chicken soup and extra glasses of orange juice. So we always, you know, we know that there's that link between food and immunity. Um, hormonal imbalances, you might not think of that, but a lot of nutritionists work with couples that um, suffer from infertility um, and trying to get their hormones back on track so that they can conceive naturally. They help girls that have... Um, you know, menstrual problems, you know, periods that aren't quite right. Um, they, there's a, this is really exciting and I find myself quite attracted to this one. Sometimes I have my days where I'm like, it's super interesting. And then I have my days where I'm like, it's so over my head. Um, but it's this field called nutrigenomics and it's um, this new study that's starting, you know, a lot of research is starting to look at that looks at the effects that our foods and our nutrients has on our genetics and how, you know, certain foods and nutrients can switch genes on or switch genes off, which I think is awesome because, you know, for years we were like, oh yeah, you know, our genes are literally just what we're dealt and that's that. It's sort of luck of the draw. And now we're finding, no, it's actually, yeah, we've got our genes and well, everyone has certain gene mutations. Um, so genes that don't work quite the way they should, but these genes aren't always switched on. So yes, you might have a genetic mutation that predisposes you to an autoimmune disease or to cancer or to a learning difficulty or something. But if that, if the environment's really healthy, that gene might never get switched on. And that's what nutrigenomics is all about. It's about trying to switch certain genes on and switch certain genes off using um, food so that you can potentially prevent these um unfortunate you know these illnesses or um manifestations of 
you know, disease or um, mental illness or whatever it is. So I think that's a really exciting area. So some nutritionists work with that. So they'll, if you know you have a genetic mutation or you suspect that you have one, you'll, you could work with them. Um, an obvious one is like weight problems. So weight loss or weight gain or muscle gain. A lot of nutritionists work in that field. Detoxification is a huge one. Um, you know, we're always detoxing all the time, but some of us struggle more than others. It might be because we've got a lifestyle that's a little bit, more stressful or we are exposed to more chemicals than the than the average person um, and some people speaking of genetic mutations just have impaired detoxification pathways because of their genetics um, and because of that you, it's just harder for them so they need some extra support because their body just doesn't take care of things and as efficiently as the average person's body does. Um, and mental health is another area that's huge for nutrition, um, which you wouldn't always think of. You'd probably go, oh, if you've got mental health issues, you'll go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a counsellor, which, yeah, you totally would. But you can also see a nutritionist because sometimes there can be nutritional deficiencies that are then meaning you're not, you don't have the right nutrients to produce your neurotransmitters in the right balance, and that can affect your brain health. Um, you know, a lot of people that have gut issues also have mental health issues, partly just because if you're feeling gross in the gut all the time, you're probably just not going to be in the best mood. And, and also because of, um, you know, this major gut-brain connection, which we have talked about on other podcasts. So, um, and we'll also, you know, we, we can deal with skin issues, which are often linked to hormones. Um, but yeah, we've definitely, or impaired detoxification. So, you know, skin issues and a whole range of other, you know, miscellaneous um, things as well. So nutritionists, I suppose in a way, I'm not saying we are doctors, we are not doctors at all, but we work in a similar way in that you can come to us with any range of symptoms um, and instead of getting our pad out and prescribing a pharmaceutical drug or referring you on to a medical specialist, we will, you know, generally um, look at food and nutraceuticals. And if we honestly then think, you know what, this is not as simple as just food or fixing the gut or boosting your immune system, then we will definitely refer you to your GP. And then from there, they can refer you to a medical specialist. You know, we're not for one second going to go, yeah, food can solve absolutely everything. No worries, no problems. Just, you know, take some vitamin C, you'll be fine. It is never that simple. Um, but there are, um, you know, you can totally come to us if you've got some, you know, if you've got an upset tummy, you don't have to necessarily go to your doctor. If you've got a bit of a cold um, or the flu, you don't necessarily have to go to your doctor. You can come to us and we can help you with nutrition. Um, I'd often recommend if you're really worried, going to both. Then you get the best of both worlds. Um, I don't think it's about choosing one or the other. And there's always going to be instances where it's just more practical to go to one or the other. Like Jules said last week, if you've got a suspected urinary tract infection, go to your doctor. Because you, if, if it is a UTI, you need antibiotics and you need them fast so that the infection doesn't travel up to your kidneys um, versus, um, I suppose, something like hay fever. Probably better off coming to a nutritionist because unless, you know, really all a doctor can do for hay fever are anti antihistamines, whereas we can break things down and look at triggers and look at maybe you're not detoxing properly, maybe your immune system's really poor, maybe you've got allergies that are, um, you know, to a food or to a chemical or 
um, you know, a pollen or something that we can identify and then we can treat that. So it really just depends. Um, but you can definitely, we do a lot more. I think there's a bit of stigma out there that, you need, you know, we think of nutrition, so we think of food. So we go, okay, food allergies, yep, gut stuff, yep, weight loss, yep, and we sort of forget about everything else. But you can definitely um, come to see nutritionists, even things like pain, um, pain and inflammation, you can definitely come see a nutritionist about. Um, I guess it always comes back to the fact that nutritional and dietetic medicine is as simple as this. We use nutrients and food as medicine. Um, it doesn't mean that we always are replacing Western medicine or pharmaceutical drugs or surgery with food. Um, a lot of the time it's working in conjunction, so you'll be doing both um, unless you're a really healthy person, you're not taking anything, that's fantastic. And I suppose you guys listening are younger so and hopefully you're healthy exceptions and you're not on anything yet, so we want to keep it that way. Um, yeah, but it's important to remember that, you know, the body is made up of the foods we eat. Like every cell in the body needs nutrients to um, to function properly and to repair properly. Every reaction in the body requires nutrients to be, you know, properly carried out, facilitated and, you know, done at a reasonable, um, timely rate. Uh, you know, you don't want your energy production to be slow. You don't want your detoxification to be slow. You want it to be quite fast and efficient. Um, so, and this requires nutrients and that's what it comes back to. If you've got a body, you need, you need nutrition, you need to be using food as medicine. Um, so it's not, I think, you know, sometimes there can be a bit of stigma like, oh, you know, as if food could really make a huge difference. But everything that the body does, everything that happens comes back to nutrients. Nutrients fuel these things. If we do not have the right nutrients, these things will not work properly and our body will let us know by giving us symptoms. And if we ignore these symptoms, these symptoms will come together, form a collective bunch, and it will manifest into a disease. And you know, if I think nutritional and dietetic medicine works so much better from a preventative point of view than it does from a curative point of view. It's a lot easier to prevent something by adopting a healthy lifestyle than it is to, you know, find someone that's on death's door and then just go, okay, let's just get you drinking some chicken broth. You know, it's not, it's always going to be easier um, than that. But yeah, that's in a nutshell, that's what we do. So Jules last week, just in contrast to a, to a naturopath, she talked about how she uses food a lot of the time with her clients. Um, but she also does other things, whereas we are literally just the food. And then if, we, like I said, if we, um, you know, we get you on a really good, you know, diet and you're making lots of awesome changes and getting rid of all processed stuff and all of that. And we're not seeing the improvements we thought we would. Um, we will definitely, any good nutritionist will always refer. It doesn't necessarily mean that you won't still be seeing us, but we will definitely refer to a naturopath or to a GP or, you know, to a psychologist or well, whoever it is that we reckon will be able to complement our treatment. Or sometimes it'll be like we've done everything we can with nutrition and it's still not working. So we'll just, we will, um, hand you over to someone that can give you the care that you need. So um, nutritionists definitely can't do everything, but there's a lot we can do. And it's not just that typical, uh, you know, weight loss and going gluten-free sort of stigma that you might have around what a nutritionist does. Um, now, so that's what I talked about why I wanted to get into it, what we do, the sort of things we treat. 
Um, I suppose it would be good to have a conversation now about what's the difference between a someone like myself, so a holistic nutritionist and a dietitian um, is because a lot of the time you'll hear, um, especially if you read the paper or you hear a news report and there's a spokesperson from the Dietitians Association of Australia, you'll often hear only take nutrition advice from an accredited practicing dietitian that is registered through the Dietitians Association of Australia or the DAA, that's their acronym. Um, and so you might think, well, the nutritionist is not a dietitian and then therefore they're not qualified. Um, and to give me advice. And I think for ages this has been the case because the difference between dietitians and nutritionists has generally been the clinical experience side of things. So in, um, you know, I go to Endeavour College of Natural Health, um, which is a national health college. So I've got campuses in nearly every capital city in Australia. And it's a private university that offers um, natural medicine degrees. Um, so I'm doing a Bachelor of Health Science, like I said, majoring in nutritional and dietetic medicine. And within my degree, we do, you know, we do biochemistry, we do anatomy, we do physiology, we do pharmacology, we learn in detail, we do pathology, we learn in detail about how the body works, how disease manifests, all the different biochemical processes, and then we do all of our nutrition subjects. And by the time we graduate, we have done hundreds of hours worth of clinical placement. So we are definitely, well, by the time we graduate, we're definitely qualified to work in clinic, to offer advice, to take a holistic case and give really individualized um, uh, prescriptions to people um, and information and advice to people and also to know when something is beyond our scope of practice and to refer on. Um, a lot of, and that's very similar to dietitians. Um, you'll often find dietitians working in hospital. They very much um, go into, generally go into, you know, working in hospitals and doing, you know, diabetes management and working with people that need feeding tubes or um, maybe working in nursing homes. So they very much are, you know, giving that individualized advice as well. Um, or they might be exactly like us really and work in private practice and see people with a multi for a multitude of different um, things. It's just in the past um, it was definitely that dietitians were the only ones that could give nutrition advice because what nutritionists were were people that had maybe done um, nutrition and food, a degree in nutrition and food science or um, maybe a bachelor of health science doing the, the nutrition stream and they ne hadn't necessarily done all of those subjects like pharmacology, like pathology, like uh, nutritional biochemistry. So they didn't, they might have, I know they would have probably done nutritional biochemistry, but um, they just hadn't done, an, I suppose, enough hours and enough study in depth to really understand how the body works. They probably looked at food from a more, you know, what's in the food, what's a calorie, what's this, what's that. And they could often then go on to work with food companies and manufacturing um, or they could maybe be on health advisory boards, but they weren't, you know, so they could work in the industry. They could probably go on, you know, work in the media as well and give, you know, be a spokesperson for nutrition, but they weren't necessarily qualified to give individualized advice. They hadn't had, basically they'd done what, holistic you know nutritional and dietetic medicine practitioners or dietitians do um, except they hadn't done that clinic aspect and learning how to actually be a practitioner um, so in the past it was yeah nutritionists couldn't give um, 
yeah, probably weren't supposed to give individualized advice um, unless it was like, you know, to a friend or family member because they were the nutrition expert in that community. Um, but, you know, the my, my college endeavor is, it's a, re- and the degree nutritional and dietetic medicine is relatively new. In fact, it used to be nutritional medicine and only last year did they change it to nutritional and dietetic medicine. So I actually started off just doing a degree in nutritional medicine and I've been switched I've um, been transitioning over into the new core structure which has a lot more dietetics so they really are working really hard to get us up to scratch with um so that we are you know more than qualified to give individualized nutrition advice so um but I think it's important to realize that there are only so many nutrition degrees in Australia the only one I know of is the Endeavour one, um, there might be a few others, um, so I'm not going to say there aren't others, but there are only yet very few where you are um, qualified to be a nutritionist that practices, um, but there definitely are them around, especially if you, you're doing the Endeavour one. So I just wanted to clear that up because I know that there's still a lot of um, confusion out there about, or nutritionists can't give you know, individualized advice. They can't go into practice. Um, we can if we've done the right degree. Um, and I don't think, you know, if there's a question, you know, who's better, a nutritionist or a dietitian, I don't I don't think it's a matter of being better. We're, we're different. You know, I, um, my, from my understanding, you know, uh, people doing my degree, we generally just come from a more holistic perspective um, and we're probably, you know, what some people would refer to as a little bit more hippie. So we love to look at everything in its entirety. We don't like to get too hung up on tiny details. We still do testing. We still are very evidence-based, but um, we probably, how do I put this? Um, I just, I, I've been to dietitians before and they've very much, I suppose, been on about calories in and calories out and, um, following the food pyramid or the you know the diet, Australian dietary guidelines, whereas we see a holistic nutritionist, they'll be like, "There's a bit more to the story than calories in, calories out." Or, um, you know, the dietary guidelines are a good start, but you know, maybe I think we're just a bit more. And this is very much to do with our training. I think it's just we're a bit more open to the fact that not everyone necessarily tolerates dairy um, and. We go, well, soy is not always the best alternative because it um, can mimic estrogen in the body. So maybe getting you onto a nut milk and then looking at other sources of calcium in your diet. Whereas, um, and this is, you know, I, I'm saying this from my experience and my friend's experience of dietitians. I'm not saying that dietitians are like this. I know some dietitians that virtually a holistic nutritionist, like they, they're on par, they think exactly the same way. They had their more mainstream government dietary guidelines training, um, but they totally think like holistic practitioners and they're not mechanistic at all. They're very holistic. But, you know, I've a good friend that works in a health food store with a dietitian and she just thinks if you're lactose intolerant that you should just take lactose lactase tablets and keep having dairy, whereas, you know, a holistic nutritionist would go, your body's trying to tell you something, you can get your calcium from other foods. So I think it's just more um, the training's a bit different. Our training's a bit more holistic. Um, and, yeah, I think we just come from that more natural medicine point of view. So we're not we're not just looking, I suppose, at macronutrients or micronutrients. We're looking at the source of them. And I think a lot of dietitians do that now as well, but I think there's a few that still... Um, and because of their training, they're more, 
they just look more just at, okay, it's got carbs, fats, proteins, micro minerals, macro minerals, um, you know, vitamins, all that sort of stuff. So it's good. Whereas we'd go, but we're probably just going that next step and going, well, what is, where's that vitamin coming from? Is it coming from a natural source or is it coming from a synthetic source? Because it's coming from a synthetic source, is the body going to recognize it? So we're probably, like I said, just a little bit more like, what's the body going to do with this? Um, you know, is it natural? I suppose we're always coming back to, is it natural? Is it medicinal or is it, has it been man-made? Um, and so I'm not, I please, if you're a dietitian lis- listening, I'm not trying to put you down because there are dietitians and dietitians, just like there's nutritionists and nutritionists. So I'm just talking about my experience. And my understanding is that there's now with, because there's degrees when you, you can be a degree qualified nutritionist that can practice and give clinic in clinic and give specific individualized advice i feel like there's now more than ever before gray very gray lines between what a dietitian and what a nutritionist is um and so i'm just sort of trying to give my beautiful listeners a little idea behind maybe the the different approaches but you know i think dietitians have their their place because i think you know someone like me for example I would be shocking in a hospital where someone had to be on a peg feed. Like I would be shocking in that situation because I would just be tunnel vision looking at that peg feed, um, you know, so like the nasogastric tube, people that can't swallow or people that need extra nutrition or whatever. And I would just be seeing the ingredient list that was synthetic and corn syrup and vegetable oil and all these synthetic vitamins and minerals and thickeners and, and, you know, weird derivatives from different things. And I would be like having a stroke. I would be so stressed. Like I can't prescribe this to someone. Oh my God. Whereas a dietitian is probably going to be looking at the nutritional panel and going, yeah, but it's got the energy. It's got the fats, the carbs, the proteins that this person needs and we need to keep them alive. Let's get them on it. That, that dietitian is going to do that patient a whole lot more good than little Miss Rachie over here who's freaking out because there's corn syrup in it. So, you know, I'm not saying that just because we're holistic, we're better. There are situations where a dietitian is probably going to be better equipped to deal with something. And there's situations where you might rather the more holistic, natural approach of a nutritionist. It really just depends on your situation and what um, direction you want to go down. Um, I probably raved on enough about that. But yeah, basically, if you ever hear that, um, you know, because it comes up all the time in the media about only accredited practicing dietitians, you know, you should always see them. Um, just keep in mind that that used to be the case, but now there are certain degrees where nutritionists are qualifying to work in clinic and they've had that training. They've had, they've got that experience before they graduate. They've had to do so many hours working in a clinic. Um, and so it's not that simple anymore. So you, you just have to make sure that you know someone's background and their training and that they're, they're actually qualified to give individualized advice. That's just very important that you, um, like with anyone, that you make sure that someone, if they're saying there's something that they actually are, that you don't just, you know, put your health in someone's hands when, um, well, you know, you never put your health in someone's hands. Sorry, you always are taking responsibility. Um, they're just offering advice. But you know what I mean? You, if someone, you're taking someone on and trusting them with your body um, to give you the best advice, you just want to make sure that they know that they know their shit, basically. Um, Yes, that's probably all I will say. I just do want, before I touch off, I will talk about supplements because Jules and I did talk about that last week. And, you know, I think we have slightly different views and I think it'd be cool just to get both. So Jules um, 
you know, as much as she loves her patients to be getting, or clients, I think she calls them clients, um, to be getting their nutrients from food, she does see the merits to supplementation and um, especially some patients she has on multiple supplements because they just, their bodies are so depleted that they need the extra nutrition from um, a supplement. But like she said, she's very particular about the source of that supplement and the bioavailability and all of that. Um, I agree with her that there are definitely, you know, there are, I already know that I'm going to have clients in the future that need to supplement. Um, and when that's the case, you know, like Jill said, it's about getting the best bioavailable form, the most natural form um, that you can, and also trying to increase that patient's um, intake through food as well so that eventually they can hopefully get off that supplement and just maintain with diet. Um, I think just from a nutrition nutritional perspective, I'm um, I'd probably just – I'd be that little bit more hesitant towards um, – prescribing a supplement only because I do believe that food is medicine and we should be getting everything from food. And if I was to su um, recommend supplements, I'm much more into food-based supplements. So for example, spirulina is a powdered blue-green algae, which I know sounds gross, but it is super high in B12 and iron and um, antioxidants. And it's fantastic. So instead of putting someone on antioxidants and putting someone on B12 and putting someone on iron, I'd rather them just put some spirulina in their smoothie. Or if they really can't handle the taste, because it can be quite an acquired taste, um, you know, taking spirulina tablets that are just spirulina powder in like veggie capsules. Um, or, you know, instead of getting someone on a calcium supplement, getting them to take green calcium, which is a powdered up marine plant that happens to be super high in minerals, particularly calcium. It's also got iodine and magnesium. I'd rather someone taking that because it's still a plant. It's a food rather than something that's, you know, just a little pill. Um, so that's my stance on supplements. Um, every nutritionist, um, you see those different. Some people love supplements and think they're fantastic. And then there are others like me that are a bit more reserved. I'm not against them. I think that they have their place. Um, but yeah, I think it's actually funny. The other day I was in a lecture and one of my um, lecturers is also the clinic, the student clinic supervisor. And she said, hmm, I've noticed that a lot of nutritionists are very hesitant towards supplementation, like the naturopaths are on board, but the nutritionists sort of, you know, they're not as into it. And um, she's like, that's really interesting. And I think it is honestly because we're so passionate about food as being medicine that we're like, but it's a tablet. It's not a food. It's not the same. Um, but, yeah, I think I definitely agree that there are times when it's needed, but I guess my message is as a general thing, is that you can't out-supplement a bad diet. And if you are going to supplement, it needs to be a practitioner-only brand, very specific, and you need to know that it's going to work for your body, um, that you're going to be able to absorb it properly. Um, but, yeah, first and foremost, I love it if nutrients can come from food because that's just cheaper and more sustainable and that's where we're supposed to get our nutrients from. So I've probably talked enough, um, you know, like I said, Jules and I talked about all the other stuff a lot last week, so um, I don't want to just be repeating myself from there, but I thought it was just really important that I do an episode just on nutritional and dietetic medicine so that you know, um, so that you, like if you're like, oh, I really 
like just some individualized nutrition advice that's for me and it's holistic and I just, you know, I'm a bit confused about things at the moment or I've got some symptoms or I didn't know that nutritionists could help me with my, you know, my periods or with my mental health. That's cool. Um, I think, you know, it's cool to bring up this discussion and let you know. Um, yeah, and just to give that other side. So I was like, if we're talking about naturopathy, we should probably talk about nutrition because they're very closely related, but there are some differences. So I hope that I haven't raved on too much and that I've given you a good overview of what people like me do um, and what we can help with. And yeah, so thank you so much for listening in. I really appreciate you sticking with me. I know that, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to listen to just the one voice for the whole episode, but I hope you've been enjoying my episodes I've been doing by myself. I'm trying to keep them as precise um concise and engaging as I can I'd love your feedback if you think that you know they're just as good as the ones where I get people on um that would just it'll let me know whether I need to start getting guests every week or whether you actually don't mind it just being me so as always you can provide that feedback through the Facebook page which is all the w's.facebook.com forward slash real soup for the real soul which as always is the Facebook page for both my blog and this podcast um until next fortnight just keep questioning and being curious and looking after yourself and being the healthy exception bye lovely ones i'll catch you in a fortnight see ya this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.